0: Welcome to the Sporting Ones podcast, the Christmas Day edition. And um, Merry Christmas to you all. Hope you're having a fantastic day so far. Um, Bringing you the Cricket edition. Thought I'd bring it close to when the Boxing Day test was. Um, As you can hear, out outside with nature with these uh, birds out at Jubilee Reserve. Looking absolutely picturesque, too, I must admit not a bad day for it so just to recap um the second test we had a interesting test match with surprisingly the pitch rating got average i'm stunned at that um it was a brilliant test match it ebbed and flowed but it really was decided In the first session in a bit where Australia were able to dig in, hang tough, score some runs and get to that 100 runs without losing a wicket, which is a key, as we pointed out in the last podcast, we'd lost four wickets before 100 runs so many times in our previous 14 uh, innings, I think it was nine out of the 14, Um, so that was pivotal uh, in the win, from that point on it sort of ebbed and flowed both sides, Um, but Australia was um, good enough to uh, get the victory and tie up the series one-all, which we predicted um, would be the case going into Melbourne. Um, And then, uh, obviously, so the Boxing Day test tomorrow and then Sydney for the New Year's test. So it um, leaves it very evenly poised, especially if certain players don't come back for India. Um, It probably puts Australia as favourites, which is not what we would have thought at the start of the series. So it um, definitely uh, provides for an interesting Boxing Day test, and hopefully the pitch is up to uh, standard this year, although I'm still expecting uh, a draw on that, which I'll get to a bit later. Um, apologies uh, to Hados, um, as we just couldn't get it done before. Uh, Christmas with everything going on So I'm flying solo today So I will do the best that I can And I hope that uh, Hados is having A very uh, Merry Christmas as well Um, So I'll review The second test just after the break So Back with you now So the second test um, I'm going to run through a few of the Players um, as a bit of a review So um, Finch and Harris obviously um, set up the win with their partnership in the first innings um, of 112. Uh, Finch got to 50, and Harris made a solid contribution of 72. Um, and then from there, Travis Head got 58, but uh, got caught at third man. It's And he it, it got caught the same way twice in this test, so... Um, he needs to learn from his errors, and especially when uh, you're looking at where he got out at third man, it really is a one-day shot, and it's a one-day, uh, something he's got to get out of his repertoire uh, in, the, um, in the longer form of the game. He needs to uh, pull that away, or at least head, um, at least... Yeah, he needs to get it out of his repertoire, or at least get over the ball. He can't be uh, playing um, cut shots over a third, fourth, slip down a third man in the air in the uh, longer form of the game. So I hopefully, can learn that. <clears throat> Still needs to be positive though, because his uh, positivity is definitely shining through, and he's having a very decent series. Sean Marsh, he got forty-five in the first innings, but in the second, he's got out fairly cheaply. The only reason why I can fathom why he's in the side is for leadership. It it can be the only reason because he's he's having one good innings here and there but he's not going on with it. Um a, a player at 35 given nine shots at a test at a test um career should really be pushing on. Um Khawaja, Looked like he was in a bit of danger going into the second innings. He played a crucial knock of 72, which probably helped Australia win the test as well as uh, Harrison Finch. So he was really good. Um, Tim Payne seems to be growing with each match, um, not only as a leader, but uh, also... Look, he's he's solidly, solidly contributing with the bat. I wouldn't say he's... Um, a Haddon or a Gilchrist or a uh, Quinton de Kock, but um, he's definitely contributing solidly with the bat. If he's going to make 30 or 40 and hang around, it's going to be hard for the opposition to get him out. So um, he's definitely maturing into the role as captain and into that role at number seven um, as a batsman. So that's uh, positive. Um, Mitchell Stark looked like he was feeling his way back to a bit of form, um, especially in the first innings where he got... Uh, the first two wickets um, looked like he had a bit of fire in his belly, looked like he had a bit of bit more rhythm, um, also looked like he uh, had that pace back that we know he can, and he was starting to swing it both ways. So if he can continue that, he'll be, um, he'll be a menace in Melbourne. Um, Lyon, there's not much more you can say about Nathan Lyon. He's had a terrific 18 months. He's continued that on. Um, he's got another eight wickets, on a pitch that isn't really conducive to spin. So he's taken 16 wickets for the series. So my prediction of having him as the leading wicket-take for the series is actually looking quite good. I only wish I'd had to put some uh, money on that. But uh, he is looking everything uh, that a world-class spinner should be. He knows his game. He's confident in his game. He's got uh, e- extreme self-belief now that uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, you just feel he's going to take wickets every time he bowls. He puts it in the right spots. He puts it in the right areas. He keeps the batsman guessing. Um, he's literally a joy to watch to bowl right now. Um, and having seen him close up at the LA over on the first test, you could see that. You could see that self-belief and that confidence oozing through that perhaps he didn't have uh, four or five years ago. I don't know whether it was the Indian tour that changed him. I feel it might be where he was almost dropped. Um, and Stephen O'Keefe, looked like he was going to take his role. Maybe that fired him up. He had to believe in himself more. Well, he has, and uh, the results are there for all to see. Um, And so I'll move on to... I mean, Hazelwood, uh, he's been solid as well, leader of the pace attack. Cummins has been sort of a third option. Um, He has got college wickets a couple of times, though, much like Lyon has, so... Uh, from that perspective, Cummins has been doing well, but otherwise just sort of supporting um, Hazelwood and Lyon at this stage. Um, he, You'd expect that he might play more of a role in Melbourne and Sydney, especially on his home deck in Sydney. Uh, so we'll move on to the Indians. And as we expected, um, and as predicted by Hados, that uh, Coley... You can't keep him down for too long, and he played a magnificent first innings, somewhat out controversially uh, controversially to a Peter Hamskin catch that may not have been a catch. I'm going to go with that Peter Hamskin got his hand under the ball, but that could be my bias, but the way I looked at it, it looked like he had, but again, it was a tough one to call. Um... But he carried too much in that test. He was out there for uh, more overs than anyone else uh, when it came to batting and in the field and barely had a break, which is why he probably got out uh, in the second innings um, with not much left in the tank. So they've got to really support Coley more if India are to um, win the series. They've, they've got to find someone who can stick around with him. Obviously, that's been Pajara, but... Um, he will go to Pajara now. He struggled this test, as we thought he would. Um, He doesn't really like the bouncy pitches, um, which is why Adelaide suited him. It's why Melbourne and Sydney will suit him. Thankfully for the Indians, they avoid the Gabba. But it's not his favoured pitch. I'd expect he will bounce back in Melbourne and Sydney Pajara. He's a quality, quality player. Um, like I keep on saying very much in that role-driving mode. Um, so I would expect that uh, he bounces back. But, yeah, he found it tough going um, on the bountier pitch of, of uh, the New Perth Stadium. Um, Yadav, to bring him in and for him not to perform, it's just not good enough. He's an experienced international Yadav. He just wasn't putting it in the right spots. He wasn't. Uh, he was too short, too wide in the first innings, and uh, yeah, it's just not good enough. If they're going to bring him in and, and play a four-prong pace attack, they needed to. Uh, they needed more from him. Too much was left on uh, Muhammad Shami and Jasprit Brumra. Getting to them, they were superb um, after the first session. They really did um, bowl well in tandem together, um, especially Muhammad Shami. He ended up with six in that second innings. Was really the key to keeping India in the test. Bumrah. I'm surprised he didn't get more wickets. He um, bowled such good line length, and Australia had a lot of trouble with him. He will pick up more wickets as his career progresses, I've got no doubt about that. He bowls in the high 140s. He swings the ball both ways. He hits good spots. He hits good lengths. Uh, he'll be he'll be uh, one to watch, certainly. Uh, Murli Vijay, if, it, if um, young Privy was back... I'm sure Murali Vijay would not have a spot. He is hanging by a thread. He's not getting runs on the board. He's being um, easily taken care of by the pace attack. Um, with with Murali Vijay, obviously brings experience, but I'm not sure that he brings enough to the table, or he's doing enough. He's a real worry at the top of the top of the order with um, KS Ray. Or they just can't get going. And if you're losing. Early wickets, every test, it it plays a part in how your series is going to go. So just not not good enough from VJ um, Ashwin. It was clear they they need, as well as Fahari did, and Vahari did pick up a um, couple of wickets. They needed that experienced bowler of Ashwin. Um, it's clear they, they missed him um, badly. Not only does he um, give a bit more strength to the low order and a bit more strength to the tail, um, obviously he's a quality, quality spinner. Um, slightly different to Nathan Lyon, but still as effective. And he ties up an end like Lyon does. He takes wickets and he can bat. Um, they sorely missed him. That's all that can be said about that. Um whether he would have had an impact on them winning, we don't know. But it definitely would have made uh, would have made them feel a lot more comfortable uh, had had he been there. So that's sort of the review of the second test, where sort of things are at. Um, and yeah, we'll get we'll get to a third test preview uh, in a sec. But I just want to make a make a point that um, I did say spin wouldn't be a factor in the series. Um, what I meant was that spin wouldn't be a factor for the Australians in how they batted against spin. Ashwin actually did get a few wickets in Adelaide. He got three and I think a couple in the second innings. But other than that, spin hasn't really... Vihari got two on a on a pitch that sort of didn't do too much. Um, but from an Australian point of view, line was always going to have and it has always had an impact in Australia on Australian pitches. So when I said spin wouldn't play an impact in series, I was more indicating that the Indian spinners would not have an impact in Australia rather than spin as a whole, but I'm happy to um, retract my state and say I was completely wrong about that and that spin has played a huge uh, factor in this series, especially Nathan Lyon. Um, and if Ashwin comes back, I'm sure he'll have a role to play and wickets to take. Uh, So I just want to make that point that, um, yeah, spin has played a role in the series, and that I wasn't meaning what I initially said, but it has become that way with spin being a factor in the series. So I'll come back with the third test preview. So coming back with your uh, third test preview now, um, all we hope is that it's not a boring and dull and uninspiring a fair or test like it was last year at the mcg (laughs) it's just um not what the mcg needs especially with such a um momentous occasion being the boxing day test you always wake up ready to go i know i do um pretty much boxing day is my christmas day to be honest um and boxing day has been a part of um christmas tradition since I can remember the Boxing Day Test. So it would be an absolute tragedy if Melbourne was to lose um, the Boxing Day Test, and especially MCG. So they have to get this pitch right. There's no doubt about it. If, if they were to get a very poor rating again, um, the chances are they would lose uh, the Boxing Day Test which means to anyone else on the calendar in this country would be putting their hands up and licking their lips together um, to take the Boxing Day test. I would even think that Sydney, with their New Year's test, would uh, gladly swap it for the Boxing Day test. That's probably the one cricket date on the calendar you don't want to lose. Um, so in terms of that test, they have to get the pitch right. No one really knows what the pitch is going to do, but given previous seasons, um you're probably going to need to rotate your bowlers a fair bit because it's not gonna uh it's probably not going to provide too much uh in that way so having a look at the third test preview I've got a little bit of a rundown of players again um Sean marsh he needs runs and he needs big runs not not a 60 not a 45 he need, he needs to produce a century he needs to produce something that says I'm here to stay in this team and at the moment I'm not seeing it which is why the only reason I can think he's in the side is for, for his leadership because he's one of the senior players. Otherwise, his head would be on the chopping block. Stark needs to keep um, plugging away to regain his best. We, we saw glimpses of it in Perth and we, we saw him feeling his way back and he and he did look a lot better and it had a lot more rhythm than what he perhaps did in Adelaide. Um, he needs to keep going with that and he needs to keep finding his best because we've got an Asher series just around the corner. We need Mitchell Stark to swing that ball at 140 clicks over there in the UK with the Duke ball. So he needs to keep going with that. Mitchell Marsh, he's been doing a lot of lurking and a lot of talking. Um, I'd like to see less talk from him and more action. He might get that action, which I find staggering, given that the selectors dropped him for being out of form he went back to shield level didn't find that form hasn't found form in the big bash either yet he's considered to be a chance to play in the boxing day test given the pitch conditions which i find absolutely staggering that they would play a player again that's out of form if we haven't learned lessons from the past then what are we doing um We've seen it before with Sean Tate in Perth. He was nowhere near in form. He played. He got absolutely belted. We never saw him again. Um, Sean Marsh, a few years ago, when he was out of form, got called up as an opener, had a horrible series, and we didn't see him for a couple of years either, which probably wasn't a bad thing, but it's his playing players out of form, which really, really bugs me, and he's not in form there's a few options around, uh, around our options. Um, Marcus Stoinis, for one, uh, in the Australian one-day side and in the uh, T20 side and playing Big Bash in form. But no, we, we won't consider him. And the other one is Michael Nieser, Uh in very good shield form with the red ball as well, uh, bat and ball uh, for Queensland. And then along with... Um, his big bash form as well, so you got two players in form, two all-rounders. If you want an all-rounder that are in form that are not being considered, is bordering on the disgrace. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not uh, it's not ideal. And um, Mitch Marsh um, looks like he gets like his brother um, another chance, which would be probably now up to his fourth. Um, Yadav, for India, he has to be dropped, surely. If 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 Ashwin is fit, he has to be dropped. Um, he can't have that kind of performance that he produced in Perth. I know it's harsh on him, but he's an experienced bowler. He's an experienced player, and to produce what he produced just wasn't good enough. It, it wasn't what India needed. It allowed Australia to get off the hook uh, at times, and, uh, yeah, it just, just was not not what was needed. Um Ashwin, if fit, he, he comes straight in for mine. There's no question about that. He's the number one spinner. Uh, he holds up, and end. as we said, he takes wickets, and he also um, has that lower order uh, solidarity, um, which they severely lacked. Because as soon as he got past, um, the we could keep a pant. There, there was nothing left in their tail. Um, Virat Kohli, it was clear he needs more help now. Whether that's from Rahane, whether that's from Pajara, uh, whether that's from Kash uh, or he just needs help. He needs someone to stay with him and someone to, uh, someone to just uh, perhaps take a bit of the load off uh, what, what occurred in the Perth test. Uh, Rahane, he's the key overseas. He averages more overseas than what he does uh, at home, and he has played some uh, good innings so far in the series, and he needs to uh, back that up because he can be the key to a test victory and he can be the key to staying around with Kohli um, if he can continue his form. I feel like a big score is not far away uh, from Rohane. Um, it's a matter of whether uh, also they stick with um, the young gun vihari or whether they go back to Rohit Sharma again for a bit of experience. I think Rohit Sharma is probably a bit stiff that he was the one that got dropped. After the um, after the first test But clearly they wanted a um, They wanted a spinner in there And although Vihari's not a full-time spinner He's at least a part-time spinner That is very, very um, Very, very adept um, At that part As sort of a batting all-rounder So they took the option with him So it'll be interesting to see Whether they go back to Sharma If Ashwin is fit So it, it's going to be an interesting third test Will it come down to the toss? I'm not too sure Um. For mine, it's got draw written, written all over it, Um, depending on the weather as well, whether that plays its part in Melbourne, which you never know. Um, In terms of leading wicket-takers for both sides, I'm going to go with Lyon again um, for Australia. He's just at the top of his game, and I can't see why you wouldn't um, predict him to be the leading wicket-taker. For India... I'd go with if Ashwin is fit, then it's got to be Ashwin. If, if Ashwin isn't fit, then it's... Um, for mine, I think Boomer can, can outshine Charmy here and um, show what he's made of. Uh, in terms of leading run scorer as well, I've been burnt twice with Sean Marsh. I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Uh, I think uh, Marcus Harris might just enjoy um, playing in front of his home crowd. He, he's got a bit of spunk about him. He's got a bit of... Um, He's got that real likable character um, he scored some early runs he's got a bit of confidence up I think he can uh, okay, he can score the most runs this test and probably as a backup I'd probably predict Kawaja um, would be the uh, would be the other one in terms of for India uh, I think Pajara um, Chedawa Prajara can score the um, can score the most runs for India in this one uh, backup. I'd say Rahani or Kohli would be your other two, if you're looking to have a dabble at um at a bit of a bet. So I'm going to predict a draw. Um, and yeah, look, hopefully we head to Sydney with a bit more of a um, clearer idea of uh, how the series is looking. And it could end up be that Sydney's the um, Sydney is the Test decider, which would be uh, which would be nice for a change because Sydney. Uh, has had a few dull um, dead rubbers in its time over recent memory. So it would be nice to go to Sydney with something to play for. Um, Interesting stat that a uh, colleague sent to me over the last 10 years with um, Centuries and Fifers, which I might just, um, before before I sign off, just quickly speak about uh, after the break. So back with you after the uh, turn, after the break. And, um, yeah, my mate sent me an um, interesting stat uh, from Rick Finlay, the statistician. And it's that um, basically centuries and fiefers and tests in um, the calendar year over the last 10 years. And there's a significant difference in each season leading up to this year, where centuries have far outweighed fifers. So in 2008, it was 95 centuries, 52 fifers, 2009, 97 and 42, 2010, 98 and 56, 2011 was a bit close, it was 72 and 49, 2012, 89 and 57, 2013, 89 and 64. 2014 was a massive um, discrepancy, it was 110 centuries and 55 fifers. Uh, 2015 was 83 centuries and 41 fifers. 2016, 90 centuries and 61 fifers. 2017 was 92 centuries and 55 fifers. In 2018, going into the Boxing Day test, we're at 65 centuries and 65 fifers. Staggering that the correlation now is um, on par, uh, which can be interpreted several different ways. There's been the high-profile retirements of Davili, A.B. Davili is from South Africa, Sangakara from Sri Lanka, obviously suspensions of Smith & Warner um, in Australia. Uh, Ben Stokes has also been suspended for England. So they could be part of the reasons. That can be interpreted that way. It could be interpreted that perhaps the pitches are... um, just providing a little bit more for the bowlers than what perhaps they once did, um, be it pace or spin. Um, perhaps the batsmen aren't as good anymore, which is, which is possible given the um, introduction of T20 over the last 20 years, that people, uh, that batsmen are more uh, inclined to get out or play um, more riskier shots uh, resulting in their dismissal, don't put a higher price on their wicket, and... Um, all of those types of aspects could be, uh, could be another way, or it could also be that the bowlers have gotten better. Um, they've found ways to take more wickets. Perhaps spinners have played more of a part. In they're not just tying up an end anymore. They're actually taking wickets, um, and they're bowling more and more overs. So therefore, they've got the chance to take more wickets. So it's an interesting stat that, as you can see, can be interpreted. Um, in many different ways, and it's the highest number of fifers, um, over this period. 2013, there were 64, and 2016, there were 61. But, um, yeah, it's the highest number of fifers, so, um, that is that's it's good to see because I like the um bowlers having an impact, um, and yeah, look, we'll see if 2019 follows the same trend, but, um, just an interesting stack from a, a colleague in Perth. So I'm glad he sent that to me and I'm glad I could bring it to you and um, just just puts it up for discussion. And at any time, if you want to send me anything or ask me any questions that you want raised on the podcast, I'm more than happy to uh, to answer them or attempt to answer them <laughs> But, yeah, totally happy to. Hopefully, the next podcast I'll be back with Hados. If not, I look forward to uh, doing it myself again and uh, having your company alongside me as you listen to me, wherever you may be. Um, Have a very Merry Christmas. Um, Have a Happy New Year. Let's hope the Australians do get a win, although I think it will be a draw. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you next time. Enjoy the day.